Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color Podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 61 and as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color Podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. I will keep you updated on the progress. So this week we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 25th week of 2023 and that is from Monday the 19th to Friday the 23rd of June. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the UK where according to the Office for National Statistics, inflation in the United Kingdom came in hotter than expected in the month of May as consumer prices rose by 8.7% on an annual basis vis-a-vis market expectations for an increase of 8.4%. And on a monthly basis, the headline consumer price index increased by 0.7%, whilst core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy, as well as alcohol and tobacco prices, increased at an annual pace of 7.1%, which was the highest rate since March 1992. Inflation dipped below 10% in April, but remained significantly higher than the Bank of England's target level of 2%, and therefore the cycle of monetary policy tightening is now expected to last much longer than previously expected. Staying in the UK, the Bank of England on Thursday surprised the financial market with a 50 basis point rate hike, which was its 13th consecutive increase in interest rates as policymakers continue to grapple with persistently high inflation. The Monetary Policy Committee voted 7-2 in favour of the hike, which now takes the bank's base rate to 5% flat. 
This move by the Bank of England defied market expectations, which had priced in a 60% chance for a 25 basis point rate hike. Policymakers are walking a tightrope as they tighten monetary policy in an attempt to contain inflationary pressures and at the same time avoid triggering a full-scale mortgage crisis that could drag the economy into a recession. And data from China indicates that the Chinese economy appears to be experiencing some headwinds as the People's Bank of China on Tuesday cut its prime lending rates for the first time in 10 months in an attempt to spur economic growth in the world's second largest economy. The Chinese central bank cut its one-year loan rate by 10 basis points from 3.65% to 3.55% and trimmed its five-year loan rate by 10 basis points from 4.3% to 4.2%. And after the just-concluded presidential elections in Turkey, the new economic administration has embarked on a dramatic U-turn in monetary policy. In its fight against inflation, Turkey's central bank on Thursday almost doubled its key lending rate as it jacked up interest rates by a whopping 650 basis points from 8.5% all the way to 15%. Inflation in Turkey hit a peak of 80% in late 2022 but has now eased off to just under 40%. And as a result, the Turkish lira has lost about 80% of its value against the U.S. dollar in the last five years. In the U.S. stock market, the rally that carried the broader market in recent months appeared to run out of steam as stocks lead on Friday and Wall Street posted a losing week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 219 points to 33,727, while the S&P 500 dipped 0.77% to 4,348, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq declined by 1.01% to close the session at 13,492. For the week, all the three major indices broke multi-week winning streaks as the S&P lost about 1.4%, while the Nasdaq also dropped by 1.4%, and the Dow was lower by nearly 1.7%. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields fell on Friday as investors digested remarks from Federal Reserve officials about the outlook for interest rates. Speaking before the Senate Banking Committee on Thursday, the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell suggested that policymakers would continue using interest rates to bring down inflation, whilst also indicating that the Fed's battle with inflation still has a long way to go. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was down by 6 basis points at 3.735%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note declined by five basis points and was last in trading at 4.75%. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions, and one basis point is equivalent to 0.01 percentage points. 
In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil fell on Friday and was headed for a weekly decline as traders worried that interest rate hikes could sub demand. And this is despite signs of tighter supplies from OPEC, which is the organization of petroleum exporting countries. As central banks across the globe continue to hike interest rates, the increased borrowing cost to both businesses and consumers could slow down economic growth and reduce the demand for oil. It is therefore no surprise that both benchmarks were lower for the week as the international benchmark Brent crude settled lower by 0.39% to trade at 73.85 US dollars a barrel whilst the U.S. benchmark, that is West Texas Intermediate, fell 0.5% to 69.16 U.S. dollars per barrel. Meanwhile, Marban Oil, which Kenya imports, increased to 77.80 U.S. dollars per barrel, compared to 74.50 U.S. dollars the previous week. In the precious metals market on Friday, the price of gold recorded its largest weekly decline over the past four months as it was weighed down by a stronger U.S. dollar and a hawkish stance on rate hikes from Federal Reserve officials. Spot gold was down 2.1% for the week to close at 1918 U.S. dollars per ounce. Gold is highly sensitive to rising U.S. interest rates as this increases the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset that has now dropped from its peak of just above $2,000 per ounce in early May. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and as is the norm, we start by looking at the foreign exchange market where during the past week, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to data from the central bank, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 140.31 versus the U.S. dollar, compared to 139.71 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 144 shillings on the lower side, to up to 150 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 178.41 and the euro was valued at 153.34. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 26.41 Ugandan shillings and 17.07 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.21. It is still my considered opinion that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate versus the U.S. dollar and other major currencies, and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 60% of total revenue collections, which means that for every one shilling that the Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 60 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $84 million to $7.375 billion, which is equivalent to 4.06 months of import cover. 
This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. This is the first time in the last six months that Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have risen above the required threshold, and this was attributed to the $1 billion loan that was recently received from the World Bank. However, this loan facility is only a stopgap measure and really doesn't address Kenya's underlying problem, which stems from excessive borrowing that has pushed our national debt to unsustainable levels and increased the probability of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the interbank market was adequately well-funded during the past week, supported by government payments into the market, which exceeded and more than offset tax remittances to the government. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 92 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate increasing to 9.85% from 9.42% the previous week. During the past week, the average value traded in the interbank market declined to 9.4 billion shillings from 18.3 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 22nd of June, and the central bank received bids totaling 15.3 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of about 64%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally, as the bulk of the bids, about 11 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate ticked up by 14 basis points to 11.78%, whilst the 182-day rate inched up by 21 basis points to settle at 11.86%, and the 364-day rate posted an increase of 20 basis points to close at 11.93%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya on Tuesday advertised a top sale for 15 billion shillings for the recently issued three-year fixed coupon treasury bond, whose reference number is FXD1 stroke 2023 stroke 003. The top sale was offered on a first-come, first-served basis, and the central bank received and accepted bids totaling 18.55 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 14.22%, which is the coupon rate for this bond. In the secondary bond market, turnover in the domestic market increased by an impressive 353% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds recorded a mixed performance, but on average still declined by about 6 basis points, with the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024 declining the most by 40 basis points, from 13.1% recorded the previous week 
to 12.7%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20, and the NSE 25 gaining by 6.9%, 1.1%, and 3.1% respectively. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 15.8% for the NASI, 5.5% for the NSC 20, and 13.4% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Safaricom, Diamond Trust Bank, Absa Bank, and British American Tobacco, which increased by 17.4%, 8.2%, 1.7% and 1.1% respectively. These gains were however weighed down by losses recorded by other large cap stocks such as Bamburi and East African Breweries which declined by 6.7% and 4.3% respectively. On Kenya's national debt, the latest data from the central bank shows that Kenya's national debt as at March 2023 stood at 9.39 trillion shillings, and this was equally divided between domestic debt, which stood at 4.53 trillion shillings, and foreign external debt valued at 36.66 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 4.85 trillion shillings. And next up is the topical issue. And during the past week, there were two articles that were published in the Business Daily that caught my attention and which I would like to share with you here. The first is the fact that Kenya's debt repayments have now exceeded a recurrent expenditure. The cost of servicing Kenya's national debt has now surpassed the cost of running the national government, which is also referred to as a recurrent expenditure. According to gazetted data on expenditure from the government's main accounts, it shows that the Treasury spent about 1.02 trillion shillings on debt repayments in the 11 months to May 2023, whilst the recurrent expenditure for the same period stood at 975 billion shillings, a differential of about 45 billion shillings. This comes at a time when the administration has committed to honor its debt obligations in a bid to instill confidence in international investors as well as avoid a sovereign debt default that would be catastrophic for the country. And the second issue is the announcement by EPRA that Kenya Power's monopoly is coming to an end. EPRA, which is the Energy and Petroleum Regulatory Authority, revealed it was working on regulations to allow other electricity producers to sell power directly to consumers. The authority said that regulations will set the stage for producers such as Kenjian to sell power directly to large consumers such as factories. The opening up of the power sector is aimed at reducing costs as well as improving the reliability of electricity supply, and this is in response to a growing number of large consumers who have opted to shift to alternative power sources due to the issues of cost and unreliability of the national grid.
And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And should you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and productive week ahead. And remember, sometimes you don't have to say anything. If you listen with intent, you can be powerful. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.